Welcome to the Grey Wolf Podcast. Kicking off the very first edition of the Grey Wolf Podcast, and what better way to do it than with Minnesota Timberwolf Mitch Creek. Mitch, how are you, man? Very good, mate. How are you doing? I'm doing really good, and I've got to say, man, I love the Wolf Creek nickname. Did you come up with that? Actually, it was, it was started, started in Adelaide when I was playing for 36s. I had Wolf Creek for a little bit. You know, I pretty much got the, the nickname from one of the, the commentators, and it kind of just ran for a while. I started having the music every time I scored and stuff like that. I had the big howling wolf and stuff, so it kind of manifested from there and, and grew into its own thing. Well, that's just made me feel all sorts of silly right there. So you're saying that's been happening since Adelaide? Yeah, so the coincidence is very large at the moment. But yeah, certainly something that stemmed from the earlier days of my professional career. Oh, that's crazy right there, man. And I want to talk a little bit about the early days, Mitch. I'm not sure if you remember this, but I am, of course, from Horsham, your hometown. The first time I remember laying eyes on you, man, was when in a mixed netball game way back in the day. <laughs> I was in my 20s and you were probably like 13 or 14. 14 and still whooped our butts. Do you remember those days? Yeah, I do. I, uh, I played on my sister, her netball team with my girlfriend at the time. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, obviously, you know, just being able to run up and down, have some fun with my family and, and loved ones at the time. That was a pretty special moment and something that I get to hang on to for a very long time. Yeah, nice. And of course, the B-grade basketball days as well. It's one of the claims to fame is that I can say that I actually played against the guy that ended up in the NBA. So that's great right there. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is. It's awesome, really. Yeah, it's been a whirlwind eight or nine months for you since you were last here in Horsham. You backed yourself. You went back. You went for the NBA. How does that make you feel? Yeah, look, you know, you never know where you're going to end up. You never know where your life is going to take you, and you never know if the decision you make is the right one at the time. Uh, our journeys sometimes take different roads. Some are straight, some are twisty and bendy, some come back, some have speed bumps and kangaroos on the road and, you know, <laughs> buddy, everything you can think of. So to think that I, you know, I, I came over here to Summer League with Utah, I kind of struggled there. I was nervous. I was a bit starstruck. And then going back to Adelaide, captaining a team to, you know, a really good season, uh, a minor season championship where we finished on top. And then, you know, unfortunately, we out in the semifinals. But then I come back, you know, I do it all again. We make ourselves known with the Dallas Mavericks. We come out here, you know, we hope to get a two-way. We don't get that. Then the idea is, you know, look, let's go and play overseas in Europe. You sign the deal over in Germany, and then all of a sudden the Brooklyn Nets training camp offer comes up. And like you said, you just back yourself. You apply yourself to the old age of chop wood to carry water. You have a process growth mindset. You chip away every single day. You do the little things well and you be a great person. And, you know, the world's your oyster and it's something that I've really tried to relish and something I've really tried to hang my hat on. And now I can say that no matter what happens in my life, I'm always going to have that same approach. So, you know, right now I'm just wondering, you know, where the next step's going to take me. But I have no idea right now. It's in Minnesota and hopefully it's here for a very long time. But we'll wait and see. Oh, yeah, that would be all sorts of awesome right there. And I, I was going to throw you back a little bit to you growing up around the Horsham organisation. In the squad days, was it true that you only made the squad every second season? Yeah, look, I, I wasn't always the best junior. I didn't have the most talent and, and everything else. You know, ideally, it, it's one of those things, you just, you're just a kid. You don't think about, is it going to be this or is it going to be that? Or, hey, is it going to work out this way or that way? You just, I was out there having fun, and that's, for me, the biggest thing. I was enjoying my time. I was enjoying my basketball. And, you know, realistically, it, it wasn't about anything major back then. It was just about having fun and playing my friends. So that's kind of where it started out for me. Oh, that's nice right there. And of course, you had the choice between AFL or basketball, and you went the basketball route, and that was more for the just the idea of representing your country, yeah. 
Yeah, look, you know, for me, the best thing was I can play for my country. I have a chance to do something very special here, something that, you know, I may never, ever get the chance to do again. So I jumped out with both hands. You know, I applied myself. I did everything I could. And, you know, at the end of the day, I can walk away with my head held high. And I know I made the greatest decision in the world. And I know I was to be able to represent my country. And I'm so glad I did that. You know, a lot of other people in this world might have taken a different route. But like you said, you know, I really wanted to play for my country. I really wanted to play for the green and gold. And, you know, to hopefully one day represent it. And I got to do that in spades and, and quite a few times and hopefully a few more times to come too. Yeah, I think that'll definitely be the case right there and I was going to say, Mitch, I loved watching you on League Pass and the commentators were talking about your Australian accent and some of the lingo. Did you sort of play it up a little bit, man, or was that just full on you? Yeah, look, it's, it's a hard one because... There are parts of you that's like, oh my God, like I'm playing in the NBA, this is crazy, like, you know, what's going to happen? But at the end of the day, you know, I went out there, I gave it everything I could, you know, I never changed or waited from who I am as a person, I just was myself. And to hear the commentators say some of the things they said and, you know, to hear, you know, people and fans and stuff cheering your name, it's, it's an absolute surreal, humbling, incredible experience and feeling to have. So I was very, very fortunate for my time in Brooklyn. Yeah. You were then scouted by Minnesota after the Brooklyn stint. How, how did you say that came about? Well, basically, I went back to the G League. My two 10 days had finished. You know, for me, it was about just going back and playing with my team, and that was the Long Island Nets, and we did a great job of, you know, becoming, you know, season champs, you know, Eastern Conference champs, finishing on top, having a great record, winning in the semifinals, going to the grand final, and that was it. But that was me. I wanted to be a part of that, and, you know, as the final started, the grand final was starting, we get a call, and it was a decision we had to make, and, you know, one that I'm glad I made. You know, I trusted my agent in Mark East Taylor at Rosal Sports and the team around me and Guy Watson and Stephen Kellis and my family and my loved ones. And realistically, it was just a, a decision of, hey, here's an opportunity. Let's go and make the most of it, even though it's a 10-day contract. We then obviously finished that 10-day contract. We get signed to the full roster for the remainder of the season. You can tell me it was four days. Mate, that shit felt like four years. That was such an amazing experience to call myself an official NBA player to a full roster, not a 10-day, not a two-way. You know, it was a feeling I'll never, ever, ever forget and something I'll never take for granted. And it is just such an amazing achievement. And is it true that Derek Rose was one of the first people that came up to you in the Minnesota locker room? Yeah, like I was on court working out. Derek walked in and said good day and everything. So that's the NBA. You know, people throw around these names like they're celebrities and whatever else. But at the end of the day, they're just teammates. They're just blokes. They're just great guys. Everyone on that team is absolutely you know, a wonderful man. We celebrate, you know, AT just had a baby the other day. And everyone's in the group chat, you know, going nuts for him. And, you know, Willie Dan has a charity that he runs. And the whole team turns out and supports him. You know, Coach gets re-signed. And everyone that's available literally flew in and, and was in attendance to see Coach get re-signed. And, you know, they're the moments that this team makes special. And, you know, to have someone like Derek, he's a class act man. You know, everyone knows his story now if you've, if you've seen his documentary too. But, yeah, look, you know, to, to have him come up and say day and, you know, give you a few words and be excited that he can watch you play, it's a, it's a pretty cool film. Yeah, that is so awesome right there. Just switching things up, Andrew Bogut's come out and said that he thinks it's the place to play in the NBL now. Other than the NBA, do you think that's something you'd agree with, the NBL? Yeah, look, you know, I think that the NBL's got to be a place for me to play. I wouldn't have signed, a, I guess you would call it, a, a contract there if it wasn't a viable place for me to play and to develop and to get better. I'm using it as a springboard to hopefully, you know, maintain or retain or get the opportunity to play in the NBA. I see it as a viable option. I see a lot of guys have gone that path now and I'm excited to be hopefully a part of that trend and hopefully a few more guys can make that transition. So it'll be a good day when a few more guys take it and, you know, just kind of say, look, I'm willing to put myself out there and just to give it a go and to back myself and you know I, I went for less money I came out on top maybe 
take it more than I would have. So you just never know where it's going to take you. Even if it didn't, if that wasn't the case, I could have made 10 cents for the whole time there and have the experience I did, and it would have been worth much, much more. So, look, I was so thankful for the opportunity. I'm thankful that Marquis Sailor, like I said before, my agent from Motorsport, put the trust in me, and I put my trust in him, and what together we made something pretty, pretty special happen. Yeah, most definitely. How did the Melbourne Phoenix signing come about? They approached me, obviously, and said, hey, you know, we want to be here for you. We want to give you the opportunity to explore your game. I knew bits about Simon as a head coach, and when he told me he was getting stacks on and, and other guys and other pieces, I was like, absolutely. Then when I saw the marquee player, and let's help build this team around you. Let's make you something special. Let's get you into the NBA. We don't want to see you in the NBA. We want to see you in the NBA. And that's always been a big thing for them since day one. So I've been very fortunate to have the support of Southeast Melbourne Phoenix. Tommy Drew at the helm. Tommy's been phenomenal. Simon's been phenomenal. The whole club's been amazing. It's been a really smooth transition in Tottenham. You know, if this NBA gig doesn't work out, I know I've got a beautiful home and a beautiful family in Southeast. Well, hopefully the NBA does definitely work out. And I think it will. And uh, many people think it will. But if not, it would be great to see you pull on a jersey here and play in Australia again, which is a possibility too with the Boomers, yeah? You're coming back to play in August? Yeah, look, you know, right now I want to be a part of that. Now, depending on what happens and whatever else happens and things could change and stuff about that. I don't know what my schedule's going to be, what my contract's going to look like. So right now it's about just being healthy, being a great space physically on court with my skill set and then obviously have a good camaraderie with the team and the coaches and have a nice open dialogue so we're all on the same page. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to hopefully having a chance to run around with some pretty talented guys from Australia and also from America when I come across them and even the Canadian team. So, you know, if I get a chance to play against someone like Andrew Wiggins, who I'm obviously teammates with here. It'd be pretty cool to actually get out there and run around and, you know, really against him with a national team on the jersey as well. It'd be pretty sweet. Oh yeah, definitely. That would be all sorts of awesome. I'm going to change things up, Mitch. What's something that fans of you would be surprised to find out about you? Like, obviously, you're a big basketball guy. What's something that would surprise your fans to find out about you? I think probably, you know, I play the piano. I don't play it very well, but I do play <laughs> the piano. I learn off YouTube. I try and memorize the keys. I don't know any. I can't read music. I'm also halfway through my qualifications to be a solo skydive. Really? Yeah, I've done a couple of jumps now. I actually got back today from doing a couple of jumps as well. So I'm out of the plane on my own at the moment, and hopefully over the next week or two, I'll, I'll be you know a few steps closer to where I need to be. So I guess there's two things. I think maybe a third thing would be, you know, I'm a massive motorcycle enthusiast, and if anyone's seen my, you know, my stories or anything on social media or on Instagram, sometimes Facebook, they'll see some of my bikes. But I get posted up too much, I've got to try and be smart about when I get to ride them and I don't get to ride them. But I think those are the three things, probably the skydiving, solo, and then the piano and also the, the bike enthusiast. There's probably three things that not a lot of people know about me, but you know, people close enough to me know those things. So there's three ones for you there. Yeah, three pretty great sort of diverse things that you got happening there too, like jumping out of aeroplanes and playing the piano, man. That's that's cool. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. <laughs> All right, man. Can I get a recommendation from you? Look, a recommendation I'd have to give you something from my life that I put a lot of time and effort into is understanding yourself and your mind, reading enough books and, and having enough knowledge to sit there and, you know, want to be curious about bettering yourself. The mind is a very powerful thing. The brain is a very powerful weapon. You know, the body is a very powerful tool. So taking care of yourself and your mind are probably, for me, the two biggest things I'll recommend in anything, whether it's personal, relationship, sports, business, entrepreneur, whatever it might be in your life. If you take care of yourself, you take care of your mind, anything's achievable, any dream is reachable. I'm just an absolute glimmer of the vast majority of amazing people out there that chase their dreams and go on to do some amazing things. So if one person listening to this can change that mindset, better themselves, self-develop, work on themselves, work on their minds, have some clarity, talk about their issues, understand it's okay not to be okay. If you do those few simple things, which are very, very hard things to do, 
But if you can start to just tap on the window of those things and maybe one day open that up and unlock them, you know, an absolute mystery, then, you know, you're going to go a long way in this world. So I think that's my recommendation for today. Oh, man, and I think that is very well said right there. Very good role model you are, Mitch. I did say that to you last time I saw you, man. I, I think it's great how you're so open about all those kind of things. And I was going to say, where can you see yourself in five years' time? I guess everything's up and down at the moment, but where would you like to see yourself in five years' time, I guess? Look, honestly, I'd like to have, by then, a five-year career in the NBA. You know, last year counts as year one, but I'd like to have, you know, maybe a few more years in the NBA. I'd really like to try and help a team and a franchise become as great as they can be with as much potential as all these teams have. So I do believe that's something that, you know, I think is a possibility. It's something that I'm not hanging my hat on or trying to make that a goal. And if I don't reach it, then, you know, that's the, the end of my life. I just want to be playing. I want to be healthy. Hopefully, in the next five years, I've got a beautiful family. I may be single right now, but I'd love to have, you know, a family on the way and, you know, somewhere that I can call home because at the moment I'm kind of living in hotels <laughs> out of two suitcases and a backpack. So, look, you know, I'd like to be, you know, a happy family man playing in the NBA, trying to set up a beautiful family and a beautiful life for, for those around me. That's awesome right there, man. And I guess one last thing before we go. Just out of interest, what is a typical day in the life of an NBA player? Like, if you've got a game on, what are you doing on that day? Look, uh, the easiest way to put it is you probably do three or four different components of training. I mean, if I go through one of my days the other day, I woke up at around 8.30. I had breakfast. I try and make sure I eat really healthy, especially in training while I was home. I, I drank a few too many beers and ate a few too many pizzas. So um, <laughs> you have to do that your hair down every now and then. You have to understand that this is a balance. I can't just be a supreme athlete and try and work my butt off every single day. You can't have that mentality every single day because you do burn out at both ends. So look, I get up, I eat healthy, I try and have a few eggs and avocados for brute. I get out to the training court probably about 9 to 9.30. I go in, I get myself prepped and ready, I change, I do all my rolling out, my massage gun, I get my body nice and warm. Normally we, we jump on court or we go into the gym. We do around 60 minutes in the gym. We do lift pretty heavy and pretty intensely. They're really hard sessions. You're lifting pretty heavy weights around and you know, you're absolutely getting your, your ass kicked in there. You go on court, you've got at least probably 60 to 90 minutes on court. That goes from ball handling, shooting, offensive finishes, a bunch of different things. You play, you compete, you, you do a, a million different drills, you do a lot of running, a lot of different things. So we then may do conditioning. I was on the treadmill the other day, I was doing about 30 minutes of conditioning on the treadmill where you're doing interval sprints. You then finish up, you go and get your treatment, you go and get yourself ice, you, you eat straight afterwards, you try and make sure you rest your body and prepare yourself for the next day. Go home in the evening, normally around 3 or 4 o'clock. By then there's a few things I'll try and do. I'll try and decompress and get away from basketball. So I do do about an hour each day of piano. It really helps me focus and, and relax and it also keeps my brain learning and working and trying to learn new keys and memorize new things. From there, I've probably got a little bit of review. I normally try and go over what we went through that day. I had to go through it in my head. I visualize it. I might do some yoga, some stretching, some mobility work. There's a bunch of different things I sometimes do, but I try and get a good meal in. I try, and I say try very loosely sometimes because <laughs> I forget a lot of the time but I do actually try and speak to my family and friends as much as I can although sometimes like I did the other day I went eight days without speaking to any of my family so they start to get a little bit worried and think I might have died or forgotten about them but that's not the case it's just that the time and the effort and the diligence and the you know the focus needed you do forget about some of these things and as hard as it is to say that sometimes it, it's a really demanding and stressful and, and tough job mentally but you know there are days where it is a very lonely sport and you know you have to try and do whatever you can to keep your mind active but 
for me, that's the majority of how my days look. I try and just stay on top of everything. I try and do things back home and check in with people and make sure I keep myself busy. So right now, that's kind of the day in the life. We're doing about five days on a, in a row. We get the weekends off. We've got two weeks on, one week off. So our schedule's not too bad at the moment. We get a little bit of time to move around and do some things. But as of right now, that's kind of how my days look. Oh yeah, that sounds uh, very intense. Definitely earning those dollars there. Well, thank you so much, Mitch. Really appreciate you taking some time out to chat with me. Can't wish you nothing more but the best of luck for the future. No worries. Thanks, Ned. Appreciate the support as always, mate. All the best. Uh, no worries though, I'll be sure to check this guy out Facebook.com slash MitchellCreek55 Or at MitchellCreek55 on Instagram as well Is that the same deal with your Twitter there, Mitch? Yeah, same thing on Twitter I'm a bit more active on my Instagram more than anything So if you pop in there, say good day, drop me a line, ask me a question I'll be happy to get back to you guys If I'm a bit slow, tell me not to be lazy And uh, I'll get my ass in the gear for you guys <laughs> Thank you, man, really appreciate it 